Today's guest on Multimillionaire Secrets in 30 Minutes needs no introduction, but let's do one for the fun of it. This man has been called a legend by Tom Brady, the best in the world by Dana White. He is the owner of a deodorant line, a cologne, a bourbon business, an online slot machine bearing his likeness, but you may know him best from being the face of the UFC as announcer Bruce Buffer. Bruce, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks a lot, Josh. I appreciate it. Nice opening. Very good. Checks How in the mail, my man. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Great. Uh, how old are you now, and how old were you when you made your first million? I'm 60. I'll be 63. and I'm 62 now. I'll be 63 in three weeks. And um, my first, I made, I probably accumulated made a million dollars in my 20s, definitely. But I don't have it in the bank, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. My million that I first, that I then made and I kept and made work for me was in my mid-30s. So once you made that million, did you reward yourself and how'd you do it? Yeah, I believe, you know, I'm the first one to tell you, and, and again, a lot of people don't realize this when they're young, when you're in your 20s, but I mean, if you do something so simple, like put $100 a week in the bank out of your paycheck or whatever denomination you can do, and when you turn around when you're 40 and you realize how much money is sitting in that bank, but we don't think about that when we're younger. You know, so um, when I made the second, what I decided was to do was to definitely take a portion of it and, and spend it on yourself. I mean, reward yourself for sure. It's real simple, simple thing. When you're in a certain tax bracket, like right now, if I make a dollar, I put 50 cents aside in an account because that's going to go to taxes right before the write-offs. We know that's going to happen there. I'll take at least a 10% thing and put it into a, an area where that's my money to do what I want to do with a little splurge on Bruce right? The other 40% goes to our bottom line overhead and definitely try to save at least, you know, 20% of your paycheck if you can. It's very difficult these days with everything going on. We all have our system of what we want to save, what we don't want to save, but you've got to put something away. And my trick is I put it in an account where I can't touch it. You know, if I know I can go write a check out of it or I can do something, I'd rather put it in an account where it sits there. I don't look at it, whether it's an annuity, whether it's an 401k, whatever. I think those are all very, very important. So the first million you made in your twenties, it sounds like you may have over rewarded yourself. What were you, uh, what were you doing? What happened? Tell us what happened. You know, I'm an adventurer travel, you know, every girlfriend I had went to the finest restaurants, you know, when we flew to Mammoth, we didn't drive, we flew to Mammoth or we would drive to Mammoth, you know, or whatever. It's just, I, I was just enjoying myself and being a surfer, going to Hawaii and taking extended trips and staying in the best hotels and then going and just putting on a bathing suit, putting a board under my arm, being one of the bras on the beach and just having a great time and blending in, you know, I, I just, I've always wanted to search and find to formulate in my mind where my true passions laid. And my whole point from my mid twenties on after starting my first corporation when I was 19 was to monetize my passions, right? Because if you monetize your passion, you find out what you're passionate about and you can monetize it, then you're not going to work every day. You're living a lifestyle. And I decided at a young age that I wanted to be a leader of my own pack and create my own lifestyle, which meant I had to be what I call G-O-D, which to many people means God. And yes, it is. But actually, if you take the words G-O-D, and, I, and, I, and I, I'll state this with a preference, whoever your God is, everybody listening, I, when I say God bless you, I hope they bless you. For me, I'm very spiritual. And God means, to me, a big meaning is governor of my own destiny, Right. Ultimately, no matter who we believe in, who we get strength from, who our motivational speakers are that give us motivation, who everything, the bottom line is, 
everything you do in life, you as an individual make that final decision. Now I say that because a lot of people blame other people when they make mistakes. Look in the mirror, be realistic, look at yourself, correct yourself, okay? Don't blame others, put it on yourself, make it happen. So you've obviously made it happen, but let's talk about the first mistakes you made and then how did you know that you were actually on the path to millions and that you would put those mistakes behind you? Well, mistakes are mistakes only after you have what I call a learning experience. And when you go through that learning experience, whether it's blowing money uh, in a casino in Vegas or making a bad real estate investment or get rich quick schemes, which happen in the market and the stock market all the time. And they're going to happen rampantly in this horrific, I'm sorry to say economy that we're, we have to look forward to as we ramp up from the COVID-19 effects that, have, that are happening and will be continuing to happen in many areas. Um, it's not to get caught up in what I call the Kool-Aid talk. You know, when you're young, you get, Oh, well invest this and you'll make millions or be part of this. And this is this, you really got to step back. And just like when you get dealt a hand in poker, there's no rush analyze the hand think about the range of hands your opponent could have think about how they think play the player not the cards so if somebody brings you an opportunity analyze the person that brought that opportunity to you and realize and think about that opportunity based on the player that came to you not just the opportunity at hand there's a lot more to thinking about these things once you make a mistake excuse me once you have a learning experience and you learn from it if you do it again then you've made a mistake right and you want to avoid mistakes every chance you get. But there's, there's a lot involved, and experience has a lot to do with it. And that's why it's important when people can talk to, you know, people like yourself, Josh, or other people that have years, or myself, have years and years and years of experience. Somebody they can look up to and feel like they're getting a good, honest, you know, uh, response from. Take advantage of those moments and, and realize that you want to listen. And, and sometimes you can save yourself a year, months, weeks of making mistakes. I think you said something one last super. Thing, one, last, one last thing I want to say that this, this whole premise of what I talk about comes with the fact is that to me, all business is the same. I've owned numerous different businesses. Okay. I haven't worked for anybody except pretty much the UFC or people I announced fights for since I was 19. Right. I've had partners and it's just my choice, but all business is the same. It's just the product that's different. And that involves the theory of marketing, and management and other things. And I can elaborate on that quite a bit, but that's my, one of my basic business theories. So there's two big things in there that I think are super important that I want to elaborate in. So let's first go into why you think all businesses are the same and what are the threads that tie them together? Well, when I say all business same, obviously life is like a pyramid, okay? And I don't mean a pyramid scheme. Families are like pyramids. At the top of a family, you have the parents the grandparents, everybody going down to the children, the siblings. In companies, you have the CEO, the vice presidents, the presidents, the managers, all the way down to the base, the people that pack the boxes, the people that answer the phones, the people that, that you know, do everything around the office, customer service, everything. You got to keep that entire pyramid strong, right? It's not just the top heavy. You got to keep it strong on the base. And if the base falls, the whole thing falls down. So any business has the leader, has hopefully a leader that delegates his authority to other people, to teach those managers, to teach how to teach on down the line, to create a solid base in your company of people that run that company. And then when you have that product, hopefully you've done your research. Is it a product that people want to buy? Is the basic economic theory of supply and demand applied to your product? Okay. 
do that, do that work that's needed, design the best product, the best thing, the best packaging, the best everything. And then it comes down to marketing. After you have your machine rolling and your business rolling, it's your marketing. Now we live in a new age of direct marketing where we can deal with direct qualified buyers in the old days, which weren't too long ago <laughs> for being called the old days, magazine ads and TV commercials and radio spots. So you had to spend tons and tons of money to, on the people still do that. You got to do consistently. And every dollar you spend, you got to sell $4 to get that dollar back in the advertising and blah, 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 blah. Right. And you don't know if it's falling on ears listening or deaf ears or eyes are open or eyes are blind in this world of social media. A lot of people, most everybody, including myself in the sports and entertainment industry, one of the first things that happen when people come to me to be a spokesperson for their product, which I do quite often, what's my social media awareness? What is that? They want to, they want to have that direct market. And that's why everybody's building their social media. So you've got to adapt to the new rules of doing business. But again, I'll say it again, it's product. It's, it's all about being the same and the product is different. And when you market, if you market incorrectly, you can have a piece of coal, right? And you can have a diamond. If your marketing team doesn't market this diamond correctly and marketing team or somebody like me gets behind a piece of coal, right? And they market it correctly, then it appears to be a diamond, right? This doesn't sell, this sells. Or this sells a little, this sells a lot. Why? Marketing, marketing, very important. So one of the other concepts, I agree completely because my business is a marketing business and I've talked to a variety of people. Some are more focused on their product or service. My background is focusing on the marketing in addition to the product and service, which it sounds like yours is as well. But if we step back, you said something super important where you said it's very important to evaluate the player. That to me sounds like someone that has had their share of business partners that it didn't go well, but it was a good business and it didn't work out because of the people. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the key, one of the, one of the variables that can happen based on what I said. And look, you're only as good as your team and your team is only as good as you. Now, if you lead by example, and one thing I always was impressed upon me, my dad took me to Europe when I was 11 years old and we were in the hotels in Germany. And one thing I noticed when I checked in, I, the girl that checked me in, she checked me in the next morning, the maid knocks on my door. She's the maid. Next morning, I go to the restaurant. She's serving me my dinner in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the restaurant. I'm like, Dad, why am I seeing her doing all these jobs? He goes, son, because here, what they do is they got to train everybody to do everything. That way, it runs like a well-oiled machine, right? It's all in the way you train and teach your people. And I truly believe in the theory, which is used a lot in direct marketing and multi-level marketing, which I was involved in too, and I wrote marketing plans. And there are, there are excellent ways to make money in direct marketing, and there's definitely a lot of scams, right? So who are you dealing with? Who are the people? If I have a partner, which I've had, who turned out to be a bad partner, I got out of that business. If you lie to me, whether I'm in a relationship with you or, or you know, friend or, or foe or business partner, once you lie to me, I'm gone, man. That's, you're, you don't do that. That's like somebody that gets slapped in a relationship. What do you think is going to happen next? Eventually, it's going to be a punch. Well, I'm not going to wait for my partner to screw me up. How do you evaluate that person now before starting the business? What are the tricks you would use to evaluate them before it? You know, obviously you want to do your background checks as far as what's allowed. I mean, what, what did they do before? Did they have a business that failed? Uh, you know, hopefully you spend more time getting to know the person, especially if you're going to get in business with somebody. You know, getting in business with somebody is a partnership. There's, there's an amount of trust that has to be had there. And follow your gut. That's real big. I'm a poker player. All right. You can read every book on how to do business in the world. 
You can listen to every motivational speaker and they'll tell you how to do business in the world. But you, again, get back to that theory of G-O-D. You got to follow your own and create your own destiny. If your gut tells you something's wrong in Denmark, then you better investigate what that is. And just don't take things for granted because you're caught up in the Kool-Aid talk about the quote supposed million dollars you're going to make if you stick with me. You know, there's got to be certain realities to the, to the excitement and to the end goal. Don't, and if you got to understand what I'm saying, if somebody says to me, what if we had a thousand people buying this? Think about it now. We got 10 people. What if a thousand people were all millionaires? My attitude is, what if a hundred people bought it? I'm not thinking a thousand. I want to see that 10 become a hundred. As soon as I see a hundred, then I can see 200. Then I can see 300. Be realistic. Set your goals realistically. Don't become a Kool-Aid person. I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, we all want to be, but you got to get to step A, B, C, D and accomplish those goals and make sure they're solidly in place so you can go to the next goal. Why? Because the base of your business is strong. Don't, don't grow from a base of weakness. Grow from points of strength. So you've obviously built the base of your business higher and higher and higher to the point now where you're basically going into all of these different product categories and you've trademarked from what I understand, it's time. Your brother mm -hmm. has trademarked, let's get ready to rumble. And well, I, you managed, basically, I managed his career. I did all that too. And you built most of his career from what I understand yeah. as far as the let's get ready to rumble and a lot of that branding. How did all that come about? Because people are going to think like, hey, that's just one sentence, but they don't know how much work in years is yeah. behind that business. Michael's been saying, let's get ready to rumble for over 30 years. I met Michael about 29, 30 years ago. We're long lost half brothers. You know the story. We didn't grow up together. Four years after, I sold two very successful companies making the equivalent of whatever a million dollars a year would be today in 1994 because I wasn't passionate at a beach house the whole bit, gave it all up, rolled, rolled the dice, the money on the bank, dreaming of trademarking this phrase properly and putting it on the tip of everybody's tongue and part of American culture. And then, um, you know, we had success with it and we sold over $400 million in retail sales and licensed ventures of the trademark in the last 25 plus years we've been together. What, but what it was back then is I realized when I took it over from a branding standpoint, that Michael's business, biggest success and in international awareness came from his work in the boxing ring. So that HBO boxing ring, that boxing ring period became the nucleus out of which I built the brand and you build it up and then you create the revenue streams out of the nucleus, kind of like a spider effect. Okay. So never lose track of where you came from and always focus on the nucleus so Michael had to constantly be in the boxing ring, creating the international awareness, the millions of dollars in free publicity, saying of let's get ready to rumble so that I could go out there and market it because people just watched it on TV, right? Now the same, again, theory of business applies to me, where the nucleus from the brand I built, no matter what other things I do, I'm known for many different things, but the brand I built comes out of the octagon. And again, it grows and I create that and 24 plus years of being on TV every day now in repeats to pay-per-view seen by you know millions of people like the other night to free showings on ESPN. That is ancillary marketing providing millions and millions of dollars of free PR, public relations, press, everything, enforcing and fueling my other ventures that will in turn go out and market themselves with the basis of all the self-marketing I create on my own, both for my brother and myself. 
basic theory I apply to both our positions. Can you start at the first product, either pick let's get ready to rumble or it's time and start at the first product you put it on and how you built it from that product and kept growing? Well, you got to remember that when we come out with the products, in our case, many of it is, I don't have time to be developing beyond going through research, like with my cologne and my toiletry line that's going to be coming out and uh, the bourbon and all. Sure, I'm involved in that process, but you got to remember, I side myself, as I did with Michael, we side ourselves with the best in the business. Like when the slot machine came out, I don't know how to make a slot machine. <laughs> I don't know how to write code. I don't know how to market a slot machine, you know, all that kind of stuff. So... Basically, um, the company we're with, Relax Gaming, they have all that done. They have what we call, this is what I call, you side yourself, in my case, I side myself with people that are successful that have a pipeline of distribution, right? They get excited by the brand, they see the reality of these ventures, then we create a combination licensing spokesperson deal, okay? So that licensing spokesperson deal involves us marketing, using our image, our voices, our trademarks, our belief in the product that we represent. And some of these ventures do definitely have more work that I put into them. I'm going to put a lot more work into the bourbon because I love it. And there's a lot of marketing that I need to do for that. I'm going to put a lot of work into the toiletry line because I want the best products to be marketed. I just don't take the money. I want to make sure it's the best product. The video game we made back in 1999 was my idea I brought to Midway Gaming. Um, that's a long story. I won't bore you with it. But the bottom line is, I wanted to be involved in every bit of development in that because I wanted to see the images. I wanted to see the characters. I wanted to see how the game developed. I just didn't want to sit back and collect the money. I, I had a passion for that business, for that venture, a real passion. So I will choose to dip in more, but for the most part, we make our deal. We have to approve everything and we side ourselves with companies that have that pyramid of strength in place to put it forward. At what level did you realize you were now at the point where I am famous and visible enough that my likeness and my trademarks can go and be sold essentially or licensed? Um, you'll never hear me say I'm famous. You'll never hear me call myself a legend. My trick for me and the way I, I deal with this, and I'll, I'm prefacing your question for a second. I love the fact I wake up every day with the UFC on my chest being known as the voice of the octagon and, my other work, whether it's announcing NFL games or college basketball or movies, TV, all the stuff that I do, but I treat it very humbly. I, I, I consider myself equal to everybody else. I just want to be the best at what I do. And when I go out there to market myself, um, when people started yelling, it's time back to me, you know, when, when I'm in Brazil and the entire arena is yelling it at me, when I'm in Canada, they tire <laughs> They're yelling it at me. But more importantly, when I get emails and calls from people that want to hire me for my trademark and hire me for my, my IP, my, my image and my voice and, and all that, well, then you realize that something's catching on, right? And when they start throwing serious money at you, you realize something's really catching on. So the trick is to, there's really no trick about it. It's just at that point, you realize the value of your brand. You don't overvalue it. I'm very, like I'm trying to emphasize earlier, I'm very conservative in my approach. When I get a license deal, let's say they guarantee you a six-figure guarantee for a product line, but you have a back-end royalty that can make you very big money. I just know that that six-figure guarantee, that's all I look forward to. Now, through the efforts made, if it comes and that cherry hits the top of the pie, then all the better. And we've been lucky enough to have that happen many times because our products sell very well. One of the other businesses I started um, now, here's one I started on my own with my partner, Kristen. 
um, we started the voiceover and video uh, uh, items. We sell championship intros, weddings, birthdays, birth of babies. Businesses contact me for YouTube videos and promotions on their website or TV commercials, radio spots, whatever. But we started this just for the UFC fans doing championship intros a few years back. That's built into a major business because we started something for a few months, but then we realized the demand for it was high. So yeah, we're in there doing all the work that's needed to get that done. It's a lot of work and we provide these videos and audios to people. Even people that are writing us just to feel good that are suffering or did suffer from COVID-19. They want to have you know, a pump to, to they're going to be back. They're going to get together. One of the things we just started doing was uh, graduations. Kids are not graduating. We're doing virtual graduations. So I'm doing a ton of videos and audios announcing, you know, the champion of the world, right? Graduating from Samo High, you know, that kind of thing. And, and making their day. And sure, do we charge? Yes, we do. It's a business. Do I charge a lot? No, I don't compared to what I can normally get. What do I do with the money? Well, we make money. What do I do with some of the money? I donate it to COVID-19 military animal and children charities. Okay. So running a business, giving back, giving people entertainment, just trying to figure ways to, to make things work. I look at this. You want to ask one thing you may probably check on is a big thing people were wondering about economically is how to deal with COVID-19, how to deal with stay at home, how to deal with the pandemic, how to deal with the fact that my boss isn't giving me a paycheck. I don't have a job, right? This is horrible. And I wish I could, you know, do what something. Do you think the opportunities are right now. Well, I can only look at it from my world. The opportunities right now for me are actually, I've been doing very well business wise, lots of stuff to do in my business. I'm lucky, but I also have to make it work. I make it work. I work, we, we do what it takes to make it work. But I look at the stay at home period that we're in now as a time when every one of us dealing with what we're dealing with, you try to get in the best mental and physical shape possible. I've lost 15 pounds training, eating really well. Not, I was, I've always been in shape, but I'm like in shape I've been in, in 25 years and I'm in a stay at home pandemic. Right. Um, and mentally, you know, just improving my mind, getting ready because when the doors do open again, I recommend everybody try to be in the best mental and physical shape they can be to go out there and tackle the world. Um, we're living in a bit of a different world, a lot different. It's going to go on to be different. We're not quite sure how different, whether it's just the fact that a handshake is now non-existent, you know, what's next. Um, another thing in business now, virtual meetings and, and selling our products or selling our services, whether it's motivational or otherwise and virtual sessions, you know, there's, I'm just trying to turn the negative into a positive while most importantly taking care of my family and my loved ones. It's very obvious that you and I share the similar viewpoint of, there's really no point in being a victim at any time. And when there's an opportunity to improve yourself in this time period, even if it's not one area that you can work on, well, what are the other areas of my life that I can work on? And it's obvious that that's something that, you know, you subscribe to very heavily. Yeah. Can you go into that a little bit deeper about how taking responsibility, which you already talked about, but not being a victim, not blaming your circumstances and how someone can transition to that mindset? Well, you know, this takes a lot of self-motivation, self-control. Um, you know, look around you and even whether it's a fighter or an NBA star or somebody, you know, lost the whatever. And when they start blaming everybody and looking at everybody, oh, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. It's not a good habit. It really isn't. Unless it's very evident that, that a, a drastic mistake was made by somebody. But again, I have to say it again. Take responsibility for what you what you get yourself involved in, right? 
try not to blame others. Maybe look at why others did what they did and maybe you need to learn how to teach that person how to do it better if they're working for you. Maybe you have to learn how to the fact to not associate yourself with that person if they're in business with you and causing your business issues or even in a friendship with somebody and causing you issues in your life that interfere with your business because, you know, there's that old saying, if you, if you, you know, when you, you lie down with pigs, you're going to come up smelling like dirt, right? Okay. I didn't say that the way the old saying goes, but you know what I'm saying. Of course, yep. You know, who do you surround yourself with? Who do you, who's, who are you involved with? Who's, who's motivating you and who are you motivating? Um, but you got to take a positive attitude. You know, it, life is so simple. People try to recreate and, and, and come up with new ideas and that's great. Don't get me wrong. But even in fighting, the, the simple fighting moves win fights, right? The glass is either half full or half empty. We've all heard that. Maybe we're sick of hearing it. You know what? It's true. If you look at the glass half full, you got a positive attitude. You look at it half empty, then you're looking negative of everything you're looking at. Try to release yourself from negativity because if you're living it daily, then you're allowing whatever's around you to create that negativity to stay around you. Why do you have that staying around you? Why are you letting that negativity be around you? Do what you can to cut out the cancer or correct the problem, right? Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Yeah, I agree 100%. While we're talking about fighters, there's something I want to ask. So, all right, fighters in the UFC, they've been, you know, doing UFC for a while now, and there's kind of an established pay rate, roughly, of this is what a superstar makes. This is what a, you know, a pretty good fighter makes. And if you're just making it in the UFC, this is what you make. Along comes Conor McGregor, making a multiple of what these other fighters are making where did he learn these skills? Because you know all these guys, and you know that they all put in tons of hard work. And all of a sudden, you got one guy. Take the fighting out of it. You got one guy that's such a better marketer than everyone else. Well, there have been other. Listen, there's some fighters that come along to, talking about fighting every few years that have what I call the it factor. Okay, fighters like Tito Ortiz back in the old days, Chuck Liddell, fighters like. Um, George St. Pierre, right? Then you have the Ronda Rousey comes along, right? Makes her a big splash. Puts women's MMA on the forefront. In the last two years, or during that period of time, Conor McGregor came along. Uh, definitely a character, has the it factor. Obviously, the powers that be saw that value and put a lot of promotion behind him. The money he makes is because he's negotiated properly with his power to put asses in the seats, whether it's in the arena or whether it's at home watching on TV, interested in him damaged his image with all the crap and stuff that he did. I don't need to go into that. I don't condone it. Not good about it. Really bothered me because I thought he had the greatest chance to be the greatest role model in sports. And he blew that. But yet he still remained very popular because people, A, half people started to want to see him lose and half people want to see him win. And they all wanted to buy the pay-per-view and he, and he brings it. He, he uh, started acting, you know, like the way he should and being the role model he should during his last fight. We'll see how he carries himself forward. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Connors, of course. I don't just don't care for certain ways that he's handled himself. And he, in his own right, after coming out like blockbusters and making gazillions of dollars, actually damaged his image, and it cost him money as a result of what he did. Hopefully that lesson has been learned, right? But not everybody's going to be a Conor McGregor. Now you wonder, there, there is no uniform pay. The only uniform pay that I know of in UFC, which is more than any other MMA organization, even boxing, with preliminary fighters. I've been in boxing and announced boxing and seen $1,000 paychecks handed out to boxers in the prelims. $1,000 paychecks to MMA fighters in the prelims, maybe $100 checks, $500 checks. 
UFC fighters are guaranteed $10,000 to show. $10,000 if they win, and a chance to make a $50,000 bonus as a first-time debut UFC fighter and ongoing. Then they work their way in and they start getting bigger contracts. Now, granted, they're not making the millions that Connor makes. They're not. They're, they're, it's impossible. It can't happen. Connor's making the millions because people are paying to see Connor. That's why he's making his personality and the marketing put behind him and his own self-marketing put him on that high pedestal. Therefore, he's getting the money. Right? Does, does the UFC or any of the other pro sports leagues that you know of actually teach their athletes marketing? UFC has actually had seminars in the past teaching at one point years back, a few years back, social marketing, social you know, media marketing, wanting them to use their stuff. And yeah, they have sat down. Even they brought in Kobe Bryant one time to talk about what to do with their money, you know, post fighting. Um, you know, they, they've done things like that. Is it a consistent effort? That I do not know. You know, I'm a media mercenary. You see me at the shows. I'm not in the UFC offices. I'm like James Bond traveling the world. I put a tuxedo in a bag. I get a call from M, who in this turn is probably Dana White. Be here, put the tuxedo in the bag. I get off, I find a casino, I come home, do my job. It's pretty crazy. I, I don't think a lot of people, myself included, knew the extent of where it's, this is where the next event is, this is where you're going to do the event, and then boom, you go out there and you go do your thing, and then you go and do your own thing. I'm running my other businesses while I'm on the road, thank God, to technology, and uh, usually I'm assured three months ahead of the shows that I'm supposed to be doing. Where do you think is the best place for a person to learn marketing and learn the business skills that you've learned over a long career? What's the shortcut? I can't honestly tell people out there there's a shortcut. I just think that you have to find out again, realize where your passion lies, realize what you want to do. Analyze and look up the three key individuals and companies that are the most successful in that field. And then do your back research and just follow and, and try to learn as much about them, how they got there and everything else in the field that you're interested in. Okay. Um, obviously if there's a, uh, you're a police officer, you want to be, you know, a doctor or an accountant, you know, things like that. It's pretty cut and dry. You know, you know what you need to do, but if you're going to go out there in the world of business, you want to be emotional, motivational speaker. Well, look at three top speakers. What do they do? How do they run their business? Right. You want to be a restaurant owner and own an Italian restaurant in your neighborhood? Well, what are the three most successful Italian restaurants within five miles of your neighborhood? Why are they successful? Right? Analyze it. And if you want to be known for what you do, then develop your own unique style. Just like an announcer. I could have been Michael Buffer. I had no interest. I didn't want to be Frank Sinatra Jr. I didn't want to ride the coattails of somebody. I sold those coattails onto Michael. You know, I wanted to create my own individual style. And I told myself I would retire. I'm not retire. I'd quit if, if two to three years, I didn't have it. I wasn't just going to do this to get a paycheck and a ticket to a fight. I wanted to do something and I knew exactly what I wanted to do 24 years ago when I started and everything is going according to schedule. Everything. I knew it was going to be the biggest thing in sports. I knew let's get ready to run was going to be the biggest thing. I knew poker online was going to be huge. When party poker came at me, that was one opportunity I missed, right? Think three steps ahead. Life is like chess. Think three steps ahead and think about, you know, where you can be, but there's no harm in analyzing people that are successful and then applying your personality to it and seeing how you can be successful too. Yeah, I agree completely. See how they did it before you start trying to do it your way. Yep. Yeah, Don't, worry about the secret. Don't worry about the ever all secret. Just get out there and do business. Just get started. Exactly. As we uh, wrap up here, Bruce, where would be a place where people could see your new products coming up? Where can they follow you? Where can they see this bourbon? buy the deodorant, I'll buy everything Bruce Buffer. 
Okay, well, the, thank you. The bourbon won't be out till around September. The toiletry line will start the beginning of next year, if not before the end of the year for Christmas. Um, but just follow me on Instagram, at Bruce Buffer UFC, Twitter, at Bruce Buffer. Um, go to BruceBuffer.com if you're interested in, you know, if you're a UFC fan and you want to intro a video that will just be a keepsake for life, I will introduce you like George St. Pierre grabbing the belt in the octagon. Trust me. And that's all at BruceBuffer.com. That's my world. Awesome. Bruce, thank you so much for coming on, giving some inspiration, some tricks, some strategies on multimillionaire secrets in 30 minutes. We're going to have a link to all your stuff and good luck with all the ventures and congratulations on all the success you've had so far. Thanks so much, Josh. I really appreciate it. Very enjoyable. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Take care and be safe and sane. And big cheers and no fears to everybody out there, man. Life can be your oyster. Move forward.